Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. Welcome everyone to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. I am your host and today, very sweaty life coach. And I am here with my fabulous friend, Natasha. Now, Natasha is a stay-at-home mother of two beautiful unschooling children. She's a Reiki master and a mystic priestess of the Rose lineage. While writing her first book and launching her podcast called Open Hearted Parenting, Natasha is working on building offerings for parents who wish to heal in order to be the best parent they can be. Yes, please. (laughs) She believes healing our own trauma, releasing our old stories, and learning how to love and accept ourselves unconditionally is the most amazing gift we can give ourselves and our children. And I could not agree more. Welcome, Mm. Natasha. Thank you so much. I am... I have been looking forward to this. Now we met um, in another group circle, uh, connected very much um, by heart-centered and energy-conscious women. Um, it was a really beautiful space to be in. And um, when I got a glimpse of your energy and the and what you're putting out into the world and how you're doing that, I think I was really intrigued. Um, by the how. I'm a, I'm a how person. I'd like to observe things. Oh, that's interesting that that's how they're doing that. It, the thing they're doing is also interesting, but the how is really what jazzes me up. And um, I'm inspired by the, um, the journey that you and your family have chosen to embark on. I know it's not extremely unique, but it's uh, different than what I am used to. And so I'm, I'm fascinated by how you have found your way to um, bring in all of the light and the energy and the love for you, your family and your community. And then now that you are expanding that so that others can do the same. I'm just, I'm wowed by that. So thank you for that. Mm, Thank you. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm very excited to hear a bit about your podcast, but I think we'll save that until the end. Okay. Um, Let's start with... uh, what you're doing now is so very uh, passion driven and, and focused and open and very much uh, what I perceive as this opportunity to allow what is meant to be to be, and then finding a way to thrive through that. But I know that that's not exactly where the journey began in this state of like enlightenment. Um, so let us in on what really prompted you to embark on a journey that not everybody uh, knows about, understands, and, um, and, and now we get a chance to learn. So enlighten us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as you're asking me that, so many things popped in my head. And one of the, the biggest uh, moments that shifted my path was... Um, probably about five years ago. Um, I was standing in my kitchen and I just was, I had walked down the stairs, I'm standing in the kitchen, nobody's with me. And I just out loud said to myself, I hate myself. I just hate, I hate everything that I'm doing to myself. I I was, 
you know, sometimes you're doing things and you have this voice in the back saying, mm, might not be a good idea. And we're like, oh, be quiet. It's going to be fine. I can, I can eat that. It's fine. I could, I could stay up really late. It's fine. I could drink that. It's fine. But all of a sudden this day I was standing there thinking, I hate myself because I'm not loving myself at all. And I don't love any part of this. And I thought, this is really bad. This is like, I have to change this. And, um, I suppose I had been working up to this point for many, many, many years. I don't ever remember feeling like um, I ever really fit in anywhere with any group, with any anything. I remember going into uh, CJEP, which is college in Quebec, and I went into music. And I thought, well, if there's anywhere I'm going to fit in, it's with musicians, right? Like they're artists and they're free and they're free thinking. And I didn't even fit in there. I remember sitting outside of this area where the, all the musicians would meet and I would sit on the outside and watch everybody and think this is not, this is not where I'm meant to be. And so for the longest time, I didn't feel like I fitted anywhere. I thought that was something wrong with me. And I realized as I grew older, it was a strength to be the individual that I am. And I needed to learn how to love that individual. And so from that day in the kitchen, um, I started uh, doing little things to remind myself that I was lovable and remind, you know, when we, when we talk to our kids, they might do something that we see as um, not a good choice, let's say. And, and we can either give them shit for it or we can say maybe the next time we could do better and forgive them and love them through it. And it's not always easy because we see ourselves in those choices and we judge ourselves. So then we judge them. Right. And so, um, I started realizing that the, the choices that I was making, okay, it's okay. I'm still going to love myself. I'm going to do better next time. And there were times where, you know, okay. So 10 years ago, uh, I'll go back 10 years. Um, my mother passed, she had cancer. And at that time I was living in Toronto, single, I had a dog walking company, I was acting, and my life was completely different. And she went into hospital to have a surgery. Uh, I dropped everything. I went home to Montreal to be with her. So did my sister, my brother did. We all were with her. No, she was never alone in the hospital, right? So she went through this major surgery. And this was like a story that if I were to write it and make it into a movie, no one would believe it. It was so extreme, everything that had happened. And my father was a very unhealed person, very, very full of pain. And he just drank, 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 drank. I don't think I ever saw him sober in my whole life, maybe, maybe one or two times. And so, um, they, he, uh, because he was so unhealed through the whole process of my mother going through the surgery, leaving hospital, going home, um, he was just so needy. And he was just making so much, so much conflict and so much trauma for everyone because he was un, so unhealed and he was looking for love in any way he could. And then, um, my sister was with her for a little bit at home. She needed to go, my sister needed to go back home. So I dropped everything again and went to live with my mom for her final few months. And it was the best time ever. And I learned how to be a mother by, by mothering her in those few months. And, um, my life during that was completely shifted and 
she had passed. I found out I was pregnant with my first child a couple of days after she passed. And then like, and then the following year was, uh, she passed, I gave birth, we moved, we got married. <laughs> my father had cancer. I had to deal with her estate. So all this big stuff, right? And I had no time to heal. So fast forward a few years, I'm standing in my kitchen at our new home here and I hate myself. And it wasn't really that I hated myself. It was that I just didn't have time to heal. And so I just opened all the doors to heal because I was holding on to so much stuff. It was coming out every few months in anger. And I would just, it was like a volcano. Like it was erupting, erupting. And it was usually around my cycle every once in a while, I would just feel this just surge of Wah. And I thought if I don't heal, if I really don't deal with what's going on, my kids are gonna grow up with a mother who is very unhealed probably will drink, probably will take her anger out on them all the time, belittle them, all the stuff that we do because we're unhealed. And it's not that we're bad people. It's just that we have these traumas that we've never really allowed to come out. And so I realized that that was my journey is to heal all of that. And um, I just let it, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any hows. Um, I remember you're like whenever something big would happen, I would end up turning to listening to Dr. Wayne Dyer, Carolyn Meese, and I would just listen to them just all the time. Instead of watching binge watching shows, which I would do as well, um, I would listen to them all the time and I would take it and take it in. And I think that that was kind of the foundation that was being laid years and years and years ago to kind of come into practice now. And it wasn't so much of, I will take a bath now because it will be healing for me to be alone. It was just instinctive. I need to go be by myself. I need to go cry. I need to go eat chocolate and drink tea and watch whatever show I need to watch. And my husband, it took a long time for him to understand that grief and healing isn't a one and done. It's, it's a lifelong process. And, um, so he, it took him a while to realize, okay, this is something that she's going to need to work through for many years. And I just need to be there and support. And um, it's taken a long time for me to heal from all these things. But um, I realized that for my children, it, that was pretty much the, you've got to do this for your kids. Because you, there's no way that you're going to continue this pattern. Um, and then I realized, well, it's also really for me because I really do want to love myself. I remember seeing years and years and years ago, Natalie Portman on a, uh, what's that called? It's the inside the actor's studio. Um, and she was being interviewed and she was sitting up on the stage and she's beautiful. She's got her career. Everything's going for her. And she says, I love myself. I just love myself. And I thought, what the fuck is she talking about? What the fuck? <laughs> what she loves herself and I was like I don't how could you and I had that kind of like how do I get there and so I you know it was years later that I realized okay it's an active effort of being forgiving being patient being kind all the things we want to be for our children we have to be for ourselves you know and I remember learning, and this was actually through unschooling, um, uh, that Sandra Dodd, she's, she's an unschooling mother of decades and her kids are grown and she's always had this, um, online forum where they would talk about stuff like 
back when they were starting unschooling, it was a, pretty much a new thing. Um, and one of the things that she talks about is make a better choice the next time and always say like, okay, in this moment, I fucked up. And I could say that to my kids. I'm having a really shitty day. I didn't eat well. I didn't sleep well. I'm not eating enough or drinking enough water. Uh, I'm not angry at you. You did nothing wrong. This is my shit. You don't have to say it exactly like this, but this is my shit. And next time I promise I'm going to try to do better. And every time just try to do better. And in the moment, whatever it is, remember, okay, this is an opportunity for me to make a different choice. Am I going to make that different choice or am I going to continue the pattern? And it's little baby itsy bitsy choices along the way, really. I am a little speechless. Doesn't happen often. Um, this really, really hits home for me. And um, I, I too took some time to get to that space where taking that opportunity to bring yourself into your awareness so that you can go, oh yeah, no. Um, and this is a choice that I've made and I can choose something different. And, you know, up until now, I perhaps have been choosing to do it this way, but that doesn't mean that the next time I have to do the same. And um, yeah. I struggled with a, a very unhealed, that's still a journey, um, state when my children came into the world. Um, lots of anxiety, lots of pain, lots of screaming, lots mm. of lots of things that looking back, I mean, I can't do anything about that. But again, moving forward, what are the small, tiny steps that can be taken to make a difference? Mm -hmm. um, and like you, I mean, I know how, no. And I don't know if this is something that may resonate with you, but I was a, the person that people turn to for information. Like, mm -hmm she knows how to do that she knows how to do this and uh, yeah, john's gonna take care of this and i was the fixer so mm. when the fixer feels broken I, who does the fixer turn to and so it's that really deep i gotta figure this out journey um and like you connecting with people who i didn't actually know right so listening to podcasts and um reading certain books and taking in that energy consistently you know i started listening to a podcast in my first, in the early days of my healing and it was for creative entrepreneurs and at the time i considered myself the anti-creative and mm. i was not an entrepreneur i worked for the school board in a very very employee employer relationship <laughs> and so i couldn't figure out why i'd spent a year binge listening to this podcast <laughs> um only to then uncover that it was part of the healing that i needed to do so I just wanted to thank you for um, give, shedding light on that story because I, I share that parts of that story and I, I know now um, we, are, we are not the anomaly. Like this mm. is, there are many women out there feeling that same pressure um, because we are not encouraged to heal, right? That, that's, we're supposed to heal others. That's mm. our, the nurturer's job is to make sure everybody else is okay. And, um, I've been, that's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Right. Like, yeah. you know, it, I'm now, I'm all me first. I'm all about, there's my cup and I'm going to fill it. Nobody gets what's in my cup. You can have what it spills out if you want it. But if you don't, that's not my responsibility to, 
to give you what you need. I'm just here being me. And that's made a huge difference. Mm. Um, and, and that acknowledgement of like, you know, this may not have been the best choice in this moment. I looking at what I've done or what I've said or how I've done it, not ideal, but I forgive that. And I have opportunities to make shifts in the, in the future. And um, so thank you for, again, articulating that because it's really, really important that more women hear that it's okay to, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. You are not broken. Mm-mm. You you are not, um, you know, you're not making massive mistakes that, you know, can't be fixed. You, there, there's always opportunity for growth and expansion and, and love. Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember when I was pregnant, I said to my husband, there was this random coffee commercial and it was a little girl and she had blonde curly hair and she was like, I love my house. I love me. I love my mommy. I love everything. I love my life, right? And I'm like, that's the kid I want. I that, like, I just was like, th- those are the children. I want them to feel that empowered. And like you, I was like, oh, that means I have to do that. Mm. That means I too have to get to that Natalie Portman moment of like, I love myself. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like you. I would have looked and went, fuck you, bitch. That is, yeah. I, I, you're that's crazy. bullshit. That's, that's bullshit. bullshit. You're lying. Right. <laughs> 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 so, so tell me a little bit, because again, you no manual, no like, mm-hmm. n- not a lot of models out there in the world. Um, in in my experience, the women in my world were just as unhealed and doing the mm-hmm. best they could, but not a lot of skills were being modeled on how to best work through this, so that you can get to that vision that was perhaps a little bit foggy in the beginning, but knowing that you were moving towards something. Mm. What what did what did you do? How did you stay? grounded and how did you continue to move yourself forward um i'm going to hazard a guess it was nice tiny little doable steps so mm-hmm. I'd, love, I'd love to hear about that well you know it's it's interesting i was thinking about this recently where um uh when we're children growing up in whatever family i'm sure it's not the case for every family but i would say most we're not really um supported in listening to our intuition and um, deciding for ourselves. And we don't uh, generally trust children to have the ability to know what is best for them. Of course, um, somebody might say, well, they might run out into the street. What would you do then? And of course, you would protect your children, you know, from a oncoming traffic or whatever hazard that could harm or maim them. Though little choices in their everyday um, aren't really nurtured to be their own. And so when I was growing up, I was the one who made sure everyone was okay. I was the third of, you know, the last of three kids and um, very empathetic. So I would see what was my mother was going through. My parents got divorced very when I was five or six and I could see her pain. So, I, you know, I ended up being like her mother growing up. Um, So I didn't really have time to learn anything really about what I knew about me, what I liked, what I wanted to do. I was always worrying about, is everyone else okay? Is she okay? Um, Am I doing okay in school? Um, My teachers are telling me what to think, when to think, how to think it. My mother is telling me what to do after school. I didn't really have time to define who I was. So 
when I went, when I left school, I was a freaking train wreck. I was, you know, like in my twenties, I drank so much. I'm, a, I'm shocked I'm alive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for the first half of my twenties, it was, um, just partying and just that was I, I thought well this is an adult thing to do go out and have fun and drink and party and uh, no it's not it's very irresponsible and almost dangerous at times so but thank the universe I'm okay and I grew from it so in my 30s when um, in my mid 30s when my mother passed and then I became a mother um, I was kind of like I hit a wall because all my old coping mechanisms, smoking, drinking, staying up late, you know, like I was a functioning adult, but all my coping mechanism, they couldn't work anymore because now I had this being that I was responsible for and uh, all, I didn't want to put my shit on her. Even though in my own healing, there has there have been things that have happened where I'm thinking, oh God, if I could just remove that from her database, erase erase yeah. you know but then i realized okay my okay so our my 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 goal for our family is to have a joyful peaceful loving um home and it's not at the beginning of our journey into unschooling i thought okay joy and peace joy and peace joy and peace joy and peace and if it wasn't joy and peace i was doing something absolutely wrong and i wasn't getting it right and i was a failure and then i realized okay my kids are gonna have their own journey they're going to experience things that I don't want to see them experience but it's their path and I can't you know I can't manipulate it I can't stop them from feeling or experiencing and so I think that beginning as a child growing up in a society where you're not really allowed to at an early age develop who you are and know your inner voice and, and honor it um when i had lily um i realized i want to give her that i want to give her a childhood where right off the bat she's like nope i don't want to eat that nope i don't want to go there no i don't want to hug that person no i don't want to go to bed yet and so all of these old stories and patterns from you know our society our families are like no force her to go to bed force her to eat her food, you know, all these things, control, power over whatever. And I realized um, I want her to know herself now. So when she leaves, she's not needing to go through all the shit I did. Maybe she still will. I don't know, though. She'll have a foundation of inner knowing that she won't hopefully go against because she's not going against it at all. I, you know, we, no one can force them to do pretty much anything. I mean, Today she's gone to the dentist. She hates the dentist, but she knows she needs to go. Um, so there are these things that happen in our life where we talk about it and we say, okay, this is really important and these are the reasons why. So going back to um, becoming a mother, uh, I was really, I don't know how, how this happened, but I was gifted with this knowledge that I needed to I needed to have her at home I know this is not possible for everyone but I needed to have her at home um, I learned as after she was born she wanted to sleep in the bed with me okay I'm not gonna kill her she, I'm awake I'm aware I'm breastfeeding all these things so I was listening to my instincts and my intuition and little by little it was coming online 
and I still compromise it because of these old stories that I grew up with. Don't be rude. Don't talk back. All of this shit that we're told, right? Like even now, I'll see somebody my freaking age and I'll be like, I can't talk back to them because, you know, she's like a woman behind a counter. I can't, I don't feel comfortable sometimes exerting my, well, no, I don't agree with what you're saying to me this is what's on the bill you didn't actually get whatever the case may be i still have this little girl fear of being rude or whatever so i think that my healing really came with listening to that little voice okay you need to step away you need a break you need to go upstairs and lay down you need to go outside and put your feet on the grass you need to scream go into some room and scream in a pillow whatever it is and you need to stop drinking i was drinking beer um years ago i would have a beer a night and i remember waiting until like five for some reason five was the magical hour that didn't seem odd to have a beer at home alone and i was waiting for this time to have a beer so i can sit down like ah and i thought that's not healthy to be looking forward to this drink to feel peace and I realized I could feel that any moment of any day, I can just sit down and just stop and breathe. And I realized because of, you know, my father's relationship with alcohol and my past with alcohol, I thought, you know, it's just better to get rid of it because first I don't like how I feel when I'm drinking it. And it wasn't that I was excessively drinking, but it was something that I was looking forward to, to get me outside of my reality. And it wasn't like getting drunk, but it was just even first sip, I would think, this doesn't feel right. I don't need this. And in our culture, wine mom culture is like shoved at moms, like drink wine every night. It's healthy for you. It's, you know, it's the same back in the 60s and 70s smoke. It's going to help you relax. And, uh, you know, and so I, I decided to get rid of that. I decided to get rid of caffeine because again, when I would have a coffee, my heart would would beat really fast and I thought oh this doesn't this isn't something I want to be doing to my body anymore because I want to be healthy for my kids as long as I can be here so I started to remove things that just weren't lining up anymore and it's an ongoing thing um, it's an ongoing evolution where it's not okay well you're gonna eat this way and, and have only water for the rest of your life no it's gonna ebb and flow and things are gonna come and they're gonna go and there's gonna be seasons so don't hold on to things I think I used to do that as well I would hold on to it and it would become an identity and if I let it go I thought oh god I'm letting a part of myself go and I think that that's also part of when we make mistakes and we judge ourselves and we think we are the mistake and we're really just the spirit experiencing all the variety this the the buffet of life and we get to decide what's in our buffet okay i don't want to yell anymore how am i gonna how am i gonna stop yelling okay well i'm gonna learn some tools that i was never taught when i was a kid maybe i'll i'll go and drink a glass of water maybe i'll just put my feet on the grass whatever the whatever the tool is to break that pattern because it's it's this you know, pattern that we have where it's a, it's so easy to go back into it because it feels familiar and easy. Well, let's break that pattern and do something different. Um, deep breathing, whatever, sitting on the floor and being like, guys, this is getting a bit too much for me. I feel my body. And then our kids learn how their bodies feel when they're starting to feel this way. And 
So um, those are the little uh, hows. I think that the biggest thing was um, really honoring my intuition and my instincts. And now um, I have I have no patience for anything that does not line up with my vibration at all. I just don't. And I, I can recognize things so much quicker now where years and years ago I would recognize it, but I would shuffle it away. You know, and now the voice is so loud, I can't do it anymore. It's like, hello, we've done this. You know better. Yes, I do. Okay. You know, it's such a brilliant concept that prior to embarking on um, the journey of tapping in or tuning in to your intuition, um, for me personally and many people in my world, which is, you know, the, why um, I think. I saw it as challenging because no one was doing it. No one was doing it. And so, but it's, it's a fairly simple concept. It's just about bringing what is already happening mm -hmm. into your awareness. Mm -hmm. And then soon as it's there, then you get that sort of pause moment to go, okay, I have this information. What, what would I like to do? So up until now, again, I've been choosing to do this. And, and now that I, know more i can do more or do something different or i could choose to do the exact same thing i did before but it's a conscious choice mm -hmm. i am even in a split second able to walk through and go i see where this is going to take me and i'm still choosing that but that's 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 fine because i'm a grown-up and i can make choices um and you know like you my knowing my intuition was like I, my visual is that she was um, encased in a cement room with mm. no windows and no light and no anything. And so she could scream as loud as she wants. And it was mm. very challenging for me to hear her. Um, mm. And she would make her way out in very brief split second moments, usually when I was, when it was quiet enough for me to hear um, where I was connected to nature or something where there was a, a, a portal for her to pop out, but it, and it felt brilliant to have that connection to myself, but it also felt like sand in my hands. Like mm. I couldn't, I couldn't catch the moment and I, I couldn't make it stay. Um, and life, life would just turn back on and get really loud again. Um, so for the listeners, I mean, yes, it is a, I say simple concept and it can be easy. The key is to invite in more people who remind you that it's possible. So, you know, what's surrounded by an entire community of people who aren't or who are, are just like you, not able to hear or acknowledge, um, like it, it can be, it can feel really hard because you feel alone. Mm. And in reality, there are many of us here who are doing this work, who are, who believe in every person's capacity to tune in and, and make that connection. And um, I just, I admire that you've, you've made the decision, the early decision to um, start teaching these skills, modeling these skills for your children. Um, I, you know, I too do things in my own way. And my daughter's named her inner voice, that inner knowing lovey-dovey and has conversations with her. Um, because like you, I was, I felt blindsided hmm. coming into adulthood. Um, and again, your story really resonates with me in my twenties. Don't remember much of those. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and felt like the responsible adult, like that's mm -hmm. what 
you know, I got adults do. That's what adults do. Not only that, like you can't tell me what to do because I can, I'm a grown up now and I don't mm-hmm. have to do anything. I'm still doing everything, but you know, this idea that I was, you know, I can do everything mm-hmm. and it included this not so great behavior. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you again for the brilliant reminder um, of the, <laughs> the normalcy of it even when we are in it, it feels foreign, new, like nobody else may be doing this. And, um, and I appreciate that together, you know, we are amplifying this message and I want everybody to hear it. And mm-hmm. oh. so <laughs> mm-hmm. tell, tell me a bit or tell us, I guess, cause there are it's more than just me listening to this now. Um, tell us a little bit about how you are amplifying this message and sharing it with the world. Well, um, at the beginning of 2020, um, I decided to embark on the priestess path and through that, um, that work, which really was the pinnacle of my many years of coming to this point of self-love and awareness. And it was almost like this, like celebration time, like just letting it all out. And um, in that, in that journey, I realized that I, the one thing that I can offer the world is love. And um, I know that sounds corny, to some, but it really is like a genuine um, offering of unconditional love because I think that there's a lot um, of people in the world who don't really understand, haven't really felt that feeling of being, and, and for themselves, unco- unconditionally accepted and loved. And it's, um, I don't see anything else as important on this planet as that. Everything else is kind of like cherries on the cake. Yes, going to the moon is great, but if you don't love yourself and you don't (laughs) accept yourself, what the fuck is the point? Because you're still going to hate yourself there. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. So, like, let's just heal and love each other and and love ourselves. Because another realization that I had um, over this past year is, uh, you know, we can say that we're all one, right? Like that's become almost common knowledge and, and way of speaking. Right. And um, though this realization I had was um, when I see somebody and they're experiencing something, um, that is me experiencing it. They're not separate from me. We're all, we really are all one. We're all an expression. We're all a divine uh, expression of spirit we're all connected through that right we're, we are energy so when I see someone else having a difficult moment or a difficult life that is my life that is my moment and they are not so separate from me they're just an aspect of myself um, that I can recognize and so offering other people unconditional acceptance and love is is really what I want to offer the world so with my podcast I thought I could, and I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be just a series. It's not going to be a long haul, though. I wanted to highlight the journeys of, of people healing and, and when they realized, oh my gosh, I really need to love myself. And how did they get there? Like I just explained for myself. And, um, because I think for parents, we, 
we get caught up in, oh, I've got to raise my kids. I've got to make sure that they've got a roof over their head. They, they have clothes on their back. And they don't realize that all they want is their parents. And all they want is the love and time and acceptance from their parents. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if we could accept who we are, we can allow them the space to become who they are becoming instead of manipulating, controlling, shaping, deciding for, ashamed of, whatever, whatever. And so um, with the podcast, I would like to offer just a space for people to come and listen to these stories and be inspired to love themselves and, and to learn how to maybe do that um, through hows that other people have have come there because I know that we all have different journeys and different ways and different hows and um and my book as well I felt like I could offer some sort of a just a little glimpse into what it might be um the path might be like to to fall in love with yourself and to accept yourself and then offerings and I I dream of a community of people that can come together and just talk about all this stuff but not so much a community where people would say like, yeah, it's so shitty that happened. Yeah, go get some wine. You know, like that false sense of support where it's it's almost like, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to shit on anybody, but it's almost like misery loves company. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to see you succeed because I'm really, sh- I feel really shitty about myself. I hate myself. I hate where I'm at. I hate my job. I hate everything and I don't know how to get out of it. How dare you try to go there? go get some wine, watch that TV show, smoke, whatever it is that you're doing. Don't, don't leave me. So I want to give that space where people can come and be around people who are going to be like, you can do this. You can change. You can do these. You can take these steps. Call me if you need me, whatever it's going to be. So these are the things that I've, I've imagined. And though in those imaginings, my children are first. So I I, I'm trying to figure out a way to balance it all. I know that I can't really balance it all because things need more than other things. So it's not really balancing, but just finding the time. And um, I'm just tapping into the quantum, just allowing it to manifest, taking my steps when I can mm-hmm. without attachment or expectation and letting it develop in its own rhythm and time because it will. It's meant to. I know it is. Um, though, you know, um, being like, like kick ass, like crushing it. Like that's not my language. I don't do crushing, (laughs) you know, I let unfold, you know, so I'm trying to, I'm, I'm living in that space and just accepting the rhythm of it developing in its own time. Because, you know, that old, uh, these thoughts of, of, I've got to get done or else somebody else is going to do it, or I got to get it done or else, you know, people won't know it's there or whatever. I'm going to miss the boat, all these lies, right? let them be let them go and just realize that it's going to develop in its own time so that's kind of um where i'm at with that that's brilliant i again am very inspired by that of course um very much a part of the race as it were as a you know we we were saying before i'd hit record that my knee-jerk response to when things get crazy and like there's lots of unknowns I'm like okay we got to do things like that's the response to go and take care of things and then if you take care of things then there are less things Mm -hmm. which is crazy to think because that's never true it is never true that if you go and do a bunch of things that somehow there will be less things on the list you just find space because you develop a habit of being busy and so when things aren't as busy you find things to fill voids 
So shifting that mindset to allowing, to giving space and allowing the space to be instead of feeling the need to fill it and go, 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 go. And, and, you know, you're right. We tell ourselves a variety of non-truths about what would happen if we don't do the thing we think we're supposed to do. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I'm a, oh, there's a lot going on. I have to go do things. And I know people in my immediate life, they're, they have the opposite response. Oh, there's a lot going on. I'm just going to sit back, but that's not about allowing it's about escaping. Right. So, and I think both forms are a form of escapism. Um, me being busy, just being busy and, you know, people like my husband, who's like, nope, 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 nope. So I love that there's a, a whole new space that you can exist in that, um, does away with the non-truths and allows you and the individuals who are practicing that to feel more aligned and confident in the tiny decisions that you make throughout the day, right? So faced with scenarios, you're like, I'm putting my time here and without a second thought to it because you've already decided that everything will make its way to you when it's meant to and you just if you stay uh, in that trusting space, which of course is the opposite of control, which is of course what busy person is all about Mm -hmm. control. And, and, and it's also, I remember um, after my daughter was born, I um, year and a half after she was born, I took a, a doula class and I learned in that class that there is postpartum depression and there is postpartum anxiety. And I didn't know that that was a thing. And I thought, oh my God, that was what I was experiencing. And I didn't even know that I experienced anxiety until a few years ago where I named it. And I said, oh my God, I think this is anxiety. What? (laughs) This has been happening for so long. And I I didn't know that that was okay. It was okay to feel that. Though I was like, feeling it and trying to uh, manage it and trying to function within it. And that's not good. That does not lead to good things. And so um, allowing things, trusting, and not holding on to expectation or the outcome was a big thing for me. Because I, um, I used to do that. I used to have all those things, expectations, holding on to the outcome, managing, fixing doing all these things and if it didn't work out it was not good and so now I see it a totally different way where it's okay if it doesn't happen that's okay if today it doesn't happen it's okay my kids are healthy we've got a house I've got my animals my husband's healthy I'm healthy like all these blessings Mm -hmm. gratitude that's one thing gratitude and um one other thing that shifted uh, my internal life and love for myself and others was, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Um, that's the Ho'oponopono prayer. Mm-hmm. I've been doing, I've been practicing that for years, though this last year, it was all the time. Mm-hmm. I made a conscious choice that whenever something would pop in my head, that shifted my vibration, my perception of my reality, whatever, my mood, I would say that if I started having a conversation in my head with somebody that never happened, but it was happening in my head, yep. I would imagine their face and I would say this to them. And it 
just instantly shifted my whole being. And it was a conscious every day, all day. And I still do it when I feel something happening, swirling. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And it's just the energy from that is. So that's, that's a definite how. That that's hitting really in all my heart space. Um, that's really powerful. Thank you for that. And I, I, I know I've said it twice already. I'm going to say it again. Um, I feel you on the whole anxiety thing. So I too undiagnosed cause I didn't realize it till much later that I had postpartum anxiety. Um, I had anxiety my whole life. Didn't mm. know it. No mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. I thought that's how other people lived. I thought yes. black, blacking out like out of either rage or confusion, um, was normal. And like that intense angst, chest pain. I, I just thought that's how everybody responded and that I needed to pull my head out of my ass and figure shit out. That was and my the shame with it, that goes with that. Yeah. Is so debilitating. Massive. And looking around going, well, obviously everybody else seems to be handling this. So like, and, and they're turning to me for things. So right. like fucking pull your shit together. Um, power through was my mantra in the early days. Like of just, yeah, like doesn't matter. Just keep going. That's bullshit for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah. Would you, can you, can you say the statement again? I just, I will, I kind of want to hear it again. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And to genuinely, genuinely, genuinely from your heart, mm. not just like, oh, fuck. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> not, you know, oh, <laughs> get it over with. No, it's like a genuine, because you're not just saying it to them or the situation, you're saying it to you. Yes. See, for and me, that's I, the... I would say that that is the ideal bit of what I would call mirror work, whether or not you're looking in a mirror or not, but that pattern interrupt, the potential for reframing, the pause moment, you know, what Mel Robbins calls like that five, four, three, two, one, like right. that's a brilliant manifestation of state change. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very powerful. And I'm so grateful for you to have shared it with us today. Um, what a, what a brilliant takeaway for everybody. Mm, mm. Oh, me, especially just saying, cause this is my mm. show. It can be all about um, <laughs> <laughs> Natasha. I am so grateful for you and for the, 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 the life that you're living and that I get to be over here, just reaping the benefits of what's spilling out of your cup. And, and thank you for that and oh, thank all you. that you're doing. And, um, when the podcast makes its way into the world exactly at the right time, I look forward to, um, diving like headlong into it. So, oh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> thank you to everybody for tuning in today. Um, this has been a very, heart-centered experience and I'm so grateful to have everybody with us and um, we'll see you all next week thanks for tuning in hope you enjoyed the show join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness